the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Sitting in for Chad Burton, Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Chad needed a day off from recording but he is doing his financial planning at newfocusfinancial.com. Um, 800-516-1228 calls on the air. Yesterday was the end of a quarter, the end of June. We are now done half of the year. That's crazy. 2020 has been dramatic to say the least. So halfway done through the year, doing a quick little report card in your head, first and foremost, you're going to be like, this is going to be interesting. NASDAQ's up 12% year to date. Whoa. Didn't we have this COVID thing? Didn't we have companies that do technology who manufacture anything in China went offline in January and February? A third of the year, there's been massive problems with COVID with store closures, with factory closing, with uh, supply questions, with demand questions. And the Nasdaq's up 12% for the year. Halfway through the year, halfway to 24%, probably not. In large part because what we're doing right now with the Nasdaq is we're building future expectations into the current. Because the current expectations weren't great, But some of the future expectations were altered with the Federal Reserve and with the United States government um, spending plans. So the S&P 500 is down 4% for the year. So if you're in the plain old boring S&P 500, that sounds more reasonable to me than up 12. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down 9.6%. I hate that that, uh, – Index in large part, it's 30 companies, but it's market weighted. So if Boeing and Apple have odd years or if Boeing has a really bad year, the whole thing could come down. I don't like that. Russell 2000 is down 13.6% for the year. That seems like the most realistic one. And I'm talking most realistic from the perspective of someone who's done this for 25 years. That to me sounds the most uh, most realistic, like – Yes, we went through a period of negativity, and we see a lot of stimulus on the other side. We've gotten through some earnings, and earnings don't look horrific. Um, they certainly don't look good in comparison to where they were, but in comparison to what I thought COVID would do to these numbers, they don't look that bad. But the Russell 2000 is a small cap index in the United States. In theory, the small cap index in the United States typically does business with other businesses in the United States. Small typically implies like, hey, they've got this idea where they're going to be delivering food or, hey, they've got this idea where they're going to be getting into two or three supermarkets and growing it to 100 supermarkets. So they're small and still growing. Uber yesterday, we learned, was in discussions to acquire Square uh, Postmates. Um, that was an interesting one in large part 
um, Grubhub's not going to happen. Therefore, Grubhub goes overseas. Uber couldn't get them. Therefore, Uber started to look for someone else who does delivery. We need to cut down on the number of delivery options if we're going to make any of them profitable. Yesterday, Lululemon said that they agreed to acquire in-home fitness company Mirror for $500 million. You might know, because you're a new audience to me, that if you were looked for alternatives to Peloton, they, they, they get pretty bad pretty fast. But there are some companies who are making bikes with iPads on them. There are some companies who are making fitness um, exercising where, look at this, it's a mirror by day and you hit a button on it and it turns into a fitness instructor to shows you how to do everything. So it actually has a little bit of function, whereas a Peloton sits there and is like, maybe it's a coat rack or a hat rack or something during the daytime until you start using it for the exercise. I know you're saying brilliant insights, brilliant insights. I know. So you survived the first and craziest quarter of the year, the first and craziest half of the year, and the first and craziest, second and craziest quarter of the year. Third quarter will have more of a reflection of what happened in the second quarter. Second quarter has more of a reflection of what happened in the first quarter, economically speaking. So I, I think the data is about to get worse on some levels. Um, but we are also seeing things pick up. Now, again, why am I saying that? Because the second quarter just had, <coughs> excuse me, morning times. I have to fire up the coffee. Um, so the f- second quarter had January, February, March. March was the big shutdown quarter in the United States. But January and February is a big shutdown uh, month in China. Then we get uh, April, May, June, where a lot of the United States was shut down. So the April and May, but then they started picking back up and opening in May and June. So this would be an interesting quarter. We just had the best quarter since 1998. Say two thousand zero zero party over. So we're partying like it's 1999, right? That's what is happening in the stock market. Now, again, eh, that's a little bit questionable because of what happened in March, right? So the best quarter of the S&P 500 gaining 19.95%, almost 20%. S&P dropped 20.6% in the first quarter. So uh, the market giveth and the market taketh away, right? Or in this case, the market taketh away and the market giveth back. But we're still not all the way back to where we want to be in the S&P 500. We're down 4% for the year. And honestly, if we were to end down 4% for the year, I would probably be pretty good with that. I know it sounds ridiculous, but with everything that's happened, that doesn't sound too crazy. Tesla had a day for itself yesterday. The stock closed at a new all-time high, gaining 7%. It hit a market cap of $200 billion for the first time ever. That's not too crazy. What's crazy is if you're betting against the company. Now, I have missed Tesla as a stock guy. I have missed it completely, but I've not been bearish about it, but I've not been bullish about it. The bears are getting killed. Oh, this is a car company competing against much bigger car companies. Oh, this is a car company that costs too much money to make the car. Oh, this is a car company with a crazy CEO. I think all of that's kind of true, but it's working. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Since March 10th, when COVID started really messing with the United States, 
Smith and Wesson's stock is guns ablazing. The firearm maker stock has more than tripled since its March 10th low. Something I want you to write down are things that you believe in. I'll write it down, for instance, right now. If you'll write down something, Warren Buffett is an investor god. I should study him. That's a good one. That's a good one. Here's one that you don't think of. When the stock market goes crazy due to some sort of political or headline risk, it could be a great time to buy a gun maker as a trade. Now, I'm not saying you should be a trader in no way, shape, or form. Am I saying that? Most people shouldn't. But sometimes, like, if you go to a horse race, and you're like, I always like gray horses with, like, a, a orange hair. And you see, uh, if you see that, you're like, I could probably make money on this race because I, I see a, a, a gray horse with orange hair, with an orange mane. Same thing with the stock market. If you see the headlines, like, COVID shutting down America. Um, if there's a mass shooting, sadly, in America, that's when we start having our debate on guns. And that's when everyone wants to own a gun because they fear having guns taken away. When we started having Black Lives Matters protests, a lot of people remember the Rodney King uh, protests. And they go, I don't want the worst case scenario to happen to me and my family. So they go out and buy pistols, buy guns. It's one of the craziest things that you could talk about. As an investor, you could say, well, I call it an American outdoors brand. Or maybe as someone else, you go, I call it a firearm. <laughs> you can make money in a lot of weird ways on Wall Street. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black sitting in for CFP Chad Burton. One of the things I want you to do right now is to, in your head of heads, um, get comfortable with what type of investor you truly are. We've gone through the f- craziest first half of this year, where in March it looked like a correction in one week. In the following week, it looked like a bear market. And I've been doing this for a long time. I've never seen the speed of that. Was I impressed? I think I was kind of impressed, if I could be honest with you. It was a crazy um, event. And one of the things it should do is it should bring you back to reality and make you say, what type of investor am I? Um, I'm glad we didn't panic. I've done the show more this year for Chad in the first six months of the year than I've done in the last three years for him. Stayed in the market, hopefully kept you positive. But again, it brings up the question of what type of investor are you? And um, probably a pretty good idea for you to figure that out. Do you like the short term? The amount of emails that I've gotten in the last few months have been pretty telling. Um, Some people are mad at the stock market and some people are now convinced it's a conspiracy theory. I didn't do this show um, with this email, but I should share this email with you guy called me or emailed me and he's been a fan of the show for years and years and years and years to make a long story short he has now become convinced that every time there's a crisis in the United States that we will work our way out of it 
And how will we work our way out of it in the stock market terms? Well, we got to get the economy back going. If there's a recession, people lose jobs. How do we get the jobs going? Well, we seem to have a history again and again and again and again. Well, cut interest rates. That helps stimulate. It lowers the cost of money. Now, in theory, lowering the cost of money, going back to economics theory, which you didn't take in, in college, you didn't have that one teacher who would like to fail everyone. Lower cost of money tends to equal inflation. And otherwise, we'd always have low cost of money. We'd always try to have a super economy, supercharged, if the hangover was an inflation. The hangover is the dirtiest word in, on Wall Street. It's the most nasty thing I could possibly say out loud. And what I mean by that is inflation's the boogeyman. You may think like recession. Nah. The R word's okay. Now, to average investors, to small people, to people who've never been through them, the word recession sounds horrible. You may think a skid row or the jerk, the movie, where I was born a bum. I will always be a bum. But then you strike it rich, you're like, I'm no longer a bum. <laughs> All right? So inflation's the bad man. And that's what we've learned in the first six months of this year, according to one email that I got, was when the market dropped 10%. No, the market dropped 40%. It went from down 10% to down 40% in two weeks. It was crazy. When it did that is we lowered interest rates. The Federal Reserve said, we got you guys back. We'll keep them low until they don't ever tell us. Typically, it's like two quarters, one quarter. At the last meeting, they said, well, at least the next 30 days, we said, they said till the end of 2021. They said rates are going to be low long. So they seem to be taking the economy, potential hit to the economy, very seriously. Now, the stock market, on the other hand, seems to be taking it as, oh, we got this. We did a V-shaped recovery in the stock market, within reason. S&P 500 is still down 4% for the first six months of the year. Dow's down 10%. So it did a V-shape, but it missed a couple things in there, right? I could show you, tell you the big tech names like Amazon, Apple, Google, Microsoft, Netflix. Um, they did a V-shape. And their earnings were a little less than V-shaped, so it doesn't really quite match. But again, the email that I got, this guy's he is convinced. He's like, I'm not going to own bonds anymore because every time the Fed lowers rates, uh, every time there's a crisis, from whether it be 9-11 to Russia invading Chechnya to the housing crisis in 2006, 2008, to the banking crisis that the housing crisis led to, to the Great Depression, which was led to from the housing crisis and mortgage crisis and banking crisis, same, same period of time. So we had the Great Recession, great number of jobs lost. Then comes in Obama. Eight years later, we're in a decent place. Then comes in uh, Trump. And we get the tax cut rollbacks, and we had a nine, ten-year bull market, pretty sweet. But then when it corrected, it corrected fast. So the Federal Reserve has stepped in, and one person that I know has said, I'm going to stop buying bonds. I'm only going to buy stocks because the whole Federal Reserve thing, they just keep coming to the rescue. They're the Calvary. I've seen this movie already. He's seen it over the last 20 years. I've seen it over the last 40 years. The Federal Reserve has gotten smarter as a, a 21st century economic tool, shall we say a power tool? We're not talking about, you know, 100 uh, amp hours. 
we're talking like a thousand amp hours. They've upped the game big time of what they're going to give the market a charge with. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, last segment, I talked a little bit about Smith & Wesson and how the stock has done so well. One of the things I kind of want you to do is know that this is a company that also always flirts with bankruptcy. Anytime there's a mass shooting at a school or at a nightclub or at a factory, the lawyers get involved. And this is one of the times where the lawyers have one of the toughest jobs ever. They're typically burying children or loved ones. And they're trying to get as much money for the families that were damaged. When, you, when you're damaged in a shooting, this sounds crazy. You ensure what you can't afford to lose. If I'm a factory worker and I get shot, <clears throat> my family loses my ability to earn income from age 20 to 60. Lawyers go after that. And sometimes the way they do that is, well, who can we sue here? The gunman's not going to have a lot of money, so let's sue the gun maker. Let's sue the state for not permitting correctly or something along those lines. So I want you to see, like, go back and take a look at Smith Wesson's. Like, I just told you they've had a 300% return since we've started having protests in the United States. And since the economy became very unhinged with COVID, that one-two whammy punch. I don't see how small businesses are going to survive in the United States. <clears throat> now, again, I say that so broadly, it's ridiculous. I don't see how small businesses in COVID-hit hard areas are going to survive. And then you throw it up a protest in that area or two. It's going to be very, very difficult. So anyway, um, and I think that's some of the, the damage that's going to be a rippling effect. For instance, you know, um, the economy, the stock market has recovered beautifully. And some of the areas that have recovered beautifully are airlines. I read a report yesterday, a research report that said airlines won't get back to 2019 pre-COVID. They won't get back to 2019 levels at least until 2025. Now, you could say, well, that's okay. I don't own any airlines. But airlines are part of the transport industry, and the transport industry shows us the future. Of uh, The stocks are looking six months in advance, and they're showing us, are we going to Disneyland? Are we going to Europe? Are we going overseas for vacations? Are we staying uh, in Hawaii on vacation? It's a big economic indicator, transports. 2025 would be a very slow recovery for the airlines. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, sitting in for CFP Chad Burton. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black sitting in for CFP Chad Burton. Thank you for listening to the show and supporting New Focus Financial. We're going to be doing a webinar coming up in the month of July. You'll start hearing commercials probably right about now. They're typically ideal for people who are heading towards retirement, who have questions about retirement issues. Uh, the wealth creation I handle on the show, Rob Black and your money from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. CFP Chad Burton tends to handle the wealth preservation side of it. Um, and I think that sets up your life. And my goal is to get you from age 60 to 100, living off what you earn from age zero to 60. So I talk about the sexy sectors. I talk about growth. I talk about pharmaceuticals. I talk, and again, I go with the data. More Americans are taking drugs. Um, what's going to come out of COVID? That's my area of expertise, trying to figure out what restaurants look like, trying to figure out what opportunities have, have fallen into our lap. Yesterday, Dr. Fauci 
um, came down pretty hard on the United States saying like we are very close to messing this up and we could – if you take a look at the number of infections um, percentage-wise per test, we're at a pretty precarious place. This doesn't seem to be getting much better on the testing side. And I tell you that uh, anecdotally from one man to another man from talking to a lot of friends and family um, who – the nice thing about living in the Bay Area and the curse about living in the Bay Area is you go to a party and you think you're like one of the smartest people in the world. You have a great job. You get paid for having a great mind. Um, you put in a lot of great schooling in to get to where you are, but you go to a party and there's 20 other dads just like you. And you're like, ugh. So when you talk to the dads, there's a lot of good information. A lot of people who work at pharmaceutical companies, a lot of people who crunch data for a living. Um, the, the thing that I got out of the last two weeks was medically speaking, this isn't getting better to the point that we could open up sports to the point that we could open up schools. Now, again, there's going to be hot pockets, but areas that were overconfident areas like Arizona, Texas, Florida, Alabama, Georgia, they're seeing the hot spots the worst. And again, does, how does our economy get back to normal when we have moms in our economy? If we were to boycott moms, if we were to shut down moms, this would all be okay. Dad's like, I don't care if I go on vacation with a mask on. As long as I see people in bikinis, I'm good. It's warm. That's a sign of winter's over. So the bikini is going to have to be replaced with a trikini, i.e. pants for the bottom, tube for the top, and a mask for the top, for the mouth. Um and that'll be a little less sexy, but it'll be a sign that we're back to normal. And again, I say the moms are ruining it because they don't want to send their kids back to school in mass. They don't want to send their kids back to school where a teacher potentially has a face shield on. And because that that's when the economy doesn't get back to normal. United in a sign of getting back to normal. This is real data. This isn't the stock market who says, in six months from now, we are going to be flying more. Let's send the stock market higher. Well, the stock market moved higher before the airlines started. They were still cutting flights. Now that they've cut flights, United Airlines is out today anecdotally telling me something positive. They have, they're adding 25,000 additional flights. Um, that's going to bring their August 2020 level to just 40% of flights in 2019. So again, the month-to-month -month data looks awesome. We're adding 25,000 additional flights, but that's still just 40% of the flights in 2019. So sometime around September, October, the play nice with employees ends for the airlines, and their cost structure has to be cut. You're going to see people taking payouts, but you're also going to see people being fired, is my assumption based on what the airlines need to do to survive. Um, they've taken a lot of credit levels out. They're not going to have a lot of options. So United Airlines, nice, but it's still a fraction of where we were at the end of 2019. Now, more good news. The Dow jumped 200 points this morning on positive coronavirus vaccine news. Now, we're at the point where the Dow jumping 200 points isn't all that impressive, is it? We're like, hey, we've got a vaccine. Happy days are here again. I'm going to go kiss the lady on the end of the street corner and ask her to marry me. We have a vaccine. The scourge is over. 
It's not quite like that, is it? And if it is, it's certainly not being reflected by a 200-point move. I would expect a 2,000-point move. A study of coronavirus vaccine candidate being developed by Pfizer and a company called BioNT or BioNTech. Bio, B-I-O-N-Tech. They showed the drug created neutralizing antibodies. This is good. We're encouraged by the clinical data. Yesterday, the CDC said, okay, when, if the, when we do start getting into trials, we're looking for at least 50% efficacy. We want to get enough of the population herded as fast as we can to have the antibodies in them. So if you get the flu, you have antibodies that st- stick around in you. In theory, you never get that flu again. I know you're going back to childhood, right? You mean... You mean I'll only have the swine flu once? In theory, you should only get the swine flu once. This was an interesting one because a lot of the testing um, that was done after the fact, a lot of people seem to get it a second time or something like that. I don't even know if that's true. I've been so overloaded with information about viruses and flus that I'm just going to shut up. I think we all kind of feel that way, right? So Pfizer is in the news, ticker symbol PFE. Now, Pfizer fabricates a lot of pharmaceuticals. Get my play on, on phonetics. Pfizer fabricates pharmaceuticals. Um, I like that company in a better case scenario or a worst case scenario. So if they get the uh, vaccine, and it's still early, but with cases jumping, we go, good. Um, I don't want to get a feeling, though, that we're looking to be saved by Pfizer. As an investor, I want to just move on until we do get saved by Pfizer or someone else. Shares of companies that would benefit from a virus vaccine, United Airlines, Delta, Carnival Cruise Lines, Royal Caribbean, um, shoppers where we go in mass like a Kohl's. Um, So you're seeing some outsized gains on a little bit of a news of – Maybe we have a vaccine. Now, again, this is only the third time I've reported positive results that aren't phase three results yet. And when I say me reporting, I'm reporting what the CDC is reporting. So I'm not exactly in there with my stethoscope and my microscope and my bathoscope. I know you're saying, isn't bathoscopes used for diving? Yes, but don't let that get in the way. So tomorrow we're going to get payrolls, private payrolls jumping. What's that going to do to the employment report? Um, FedEx was up today big time. They posted strong quarterly earnings and revenue in the top forecast. I like FedEx. Let's say if you lump FedEx and UPS in the same world, they, 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 they were untouchable until we got into a very serious question of, wait, wait, we can turn anyone into a delivery person? Anyone? You don't have to have a brown truck or a FedEx, um, I don't know, aero truck, airplanes, airports. You don't have to have that. We can turn anyone into it. So I would say that with the gig economy, FedEx and UPS suddenly became a little bit more questionable as far as are they A-plus companies, A companies, B-plus, B, C-plus, C. Certainly FedEx and UPS will never go down to like a D or a C or – uh, a C minus, you know, they're good premium companies. They're just not perfect like they used to be. Um, so when we can get, you know, Stefan, who's your friend who lives down the street, become a delivery person, um, that creates a bit of a competition. 
And then you get uh, Amazon coming in and saying, you know, not only do we want to hire Stefan down the street, but we also want to hire the local robot. Oh, you don't have a local robot? <laughs> we'll make one. So COVID's going to be pretty interesting on what the job market looks like after and before. This has been a very rough 15-year period for millennials as they've seen essentially now three crazy market worlds. When they were small children, they saw the 2000-2002 tech correction. Then they saw the 2006-2008 bank implosion tied towards housing loans. And now they've seen COVID. You would think that millennials have lost the faith, and yet they're pretty good investors. They're showing some ability to look for brands. They're showing some ability to go with momentum for a small period of time. Um, I don't. I don't play that. Homie, don't play that game. If that makes any sense. I know you're saying you can't call yourself homie anymore. That's politically not fair. And I'm like, you may be right. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. The employment report that we're going to get, it's going to be an interesting one because hiring likely surged in June before reopening reversals. So the jobs report to me is one of the most important reports if I could only look at one report a month, that's the one I'm going to look at to say yes or no on the stock market. It tends to be if we have jobs, we have paychecks. If we have paychecks, we find a way to turn a $2,000 rent into $2,400 rent. We have a way of turning a $2,400 rent into a $3,000 mortgage payment. We have a way of finding ways of spending that money and, and supporting the economy. Supporting the economy helps the stock market. So the labor market's going to be pretty interesting because we're going to see jobs created, but we're going to see off of, again, not like last year's numbers. The creation will be better than anything we've ever seen, but the overall number of unemployed will be pretty, pretty awful. So that's the first Friday of every month, given some exceptions due to weather and holidays. Um, <clears throat> this will be a good one. Very concentrated short-term gains, very questionable midterm levels. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Sitting in for CFP, Chad Burton. I'm Rob Black. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. And for CFP, Chad Burton, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Any questions that you have, you can call 800-516-1220 don't forget to tell friends about the podcast. I think that's probably the most magical part of the 21st century with radio shows. It used to be by appointment only. Now it can be on your terms. You can find us at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. We do have a webinar coming up. You'll hear it during the commercials very, very soon. Um, webinars are good uh, for informational purposes for educational for sure it's a little bit for infotainment is what i like to call it but not going to get too hard into that the jobs reports going to be something that we look at very very carefully um <clears throat> as far as economic data goes stock market what happened there was march just uh, a, a month that we should forget or was it looking at covid did the COVID thing that it saw not come true or did the response Trump – excuse me for using Trump. Did the response rock, scissors, paper beat what we were seeing economically? 
Private payrolls increased by 2.36 million. <clears throat> Expectations were for 3.7 million. The May figure was revised higher. <clears throat> Not a lot of data inside that. There's two companies that are doing well today on a COVID-19 vaccine being developed. One is Pfizer, ticker symbol PFE. The other one is called BioNTech, ticker symbol BNTX. That's up 7.4%. It spurred immune response in patients. Large studies are expected to begin this summer to prove efficacy of 50% or greater. What's kind of interesting about that is maybe that's one of the pluses. I know you're saying, whoa, of Texas and Arizona and Florida getting spikes in COVID is that we're going to have the availability to do testing is going to be pretty easy. FedEx is standing out this morning. Shares up 12%. They beat on top revenue and bottom earnings estimates. That's all pretty good stuff. Stocks opened higher on that vaccine and labor market data. Um, that's kind of where we stand right now. The NASDAQ's up for the year, double digits. Kind of nice. Yet the Dow is down almost double digits for the year, down 9.6%. The S&P 500's down 4%. The Russell 2000 down 13%. We're starting to get back into some interesting times on Wall Street on the stories, I know this is the best part about what I do. I don't know if it's the best part about what you think about the stock market. But Uber, they announced that they're going to acquire Postmates. And we go, what's that going to look like? And Lululemon is going to acquire a company that does fitness and structures inside of mirrors. And you're like, that's so Buck Rogers 21st century. Cool. I knew if I waited long enough. In the month of June, if you own the video conferencing company Zoom – you were up 41%. <clears throat> if you own the S&P 500, you were up 1.8%, showing you why people want to speculate. Amazon was up 13%. Apple was up 15%. Apple and Amazon are no small companies. For them to add 12 to 15% and they're trillion-dollar companies, oh, that's just like adding $125 billion to your market cap. No gas necessary. Tesla hits an all-time high yesterday, closing with a $200 billion market cap. Out of nowhere, their first 10 years, they've grown into the second largest auto company in the world. Not by deliveries, but by valuation. Um, So a lot going on, right? First half of the year is over. You can now go get a T-shirt for your loved one that says, I survived the first six months of 2020. You could say COVID, check. Black Lives Matter, check. You could say, what else did you survive? Um, I don't know. Political tensions, check. It was a very dramatic time. And a lot of the dramas for very, very good reason. Um, our, our society clearly has problems with pandemics and epidemics and sharing of information. And in this day and age, a flu can still kill people. Like, whoa, that's so James Bond. And then the Black Lives Matter, putting a spotlight on racial insensitivities and racial injustices, um, <clears throat> making us all question 
and taking us at least a step forward, hopefully two to three steps, if not more. Very dramatic times. Change is always, it's probably the thing that freaks me out the most as a child. Moving schools as an adult change is something that's, that's tough for people to grasp. United Airlines says demand is starting to flatten over the past week or so. Earlier today, we started seeing airlines and how they're, they're, they're sitting about at 40% of levels where they're sitting at 2019 on flights. Now, United Airlines is saying even though we're adding flights, demand starting to flatten. I still don't want to fly. My sugar booger doesn't want to fly. <clears throat> we don't want to fly. Um, not because of us. I've got some issues with allergies and eczema. I know you're saying lovely image. Uh, my mother's diabetic, so I've got some issues that I don't want to fly. <clears throat> but not really, again, for me, but for other people. It seems just inappropriate at this point in time. Skechers United States, uh, Skechers USA, that's one of those companies that's kind of like the anti-Nike. And I bring that up in large part because if you want COVID plays on a world level, you could have COVID plays on a world level. If you want COVID plays on the U.S. level, you could have COVID plays on a domestic level. You are a great investor. You just have to figure out what you're good at and what you're bad at. This last hour, I've tried to focus a little bit on that kind of concept. Figure out what type of investor you are. Um, <clears throat> the big news that BioNTech and Pfizer developing a phase one half data so far, that's tough for me to analyze. I'm not that good. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com.